1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame. Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. All right, everybody. It's Hokamania time. Oh, yeah. Me and my merry band of misfits and wrestling guys as we get on another edition of the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM. 7.20 a.m. It is the talk of Las Vegas. We're the talk of Las Vegas because, man, we are just sexy and we know it, aren't we, Fish? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> My co-pilots on this amazing journey, as per usual, Andrew Fish Fane. What's up, big man? What's going on? Getting ready for another Sports X Radio, of course, tomorrow night with him. But so, before that, we have another premium live event that no one cares about. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to that one. And, of course, from future stars of wrestling, just coming off of another big show last night, the amazing, the incredible. The incomparable. He's just a righteous dude. Joe DeFalco. <laughs> Joe, how are you? Oh, tremendous. Am I the brother of Brudai, by the way? Yeah. There you go. That'll work. I like that. Yeah. We got it. We got it all. But I, I will say, first of all, I've missed you the last few weeks, Joe. I wasn't on a couple of weeks ago. You weren't on last week, so I've missed you. But when we get going, there's something that I'm very glad you're on today because I want to talk to you about it. Uh, hopefully, I'll make it through. It was like the week before we had all the shows. The week after the shows, it was like, man, I guess I'm old. It, it took its toll. I was at a commission for a few days, feeling a little better. Did, did you end up getting COVID, by the way? I guess. Did you end up getting COVID? What's that? Did you get, have COVID or uh, were you just sick? I don't even know. Yeah, didn't even <laughs> check. COVID I is... felt sick and then it was like, you know what? I'm feeling better. Why chance it? I stayed home. There you go. Smart move. The COVID's been going around the uh, K Dawn Beasley broadcasting family, unfortunately. So, But I, I did I, miss you, Joe. That was That was the key to my little statement earlier. Well, I went to visit you. I was at Cheesecake Factory the other day, but you weren't there. I'm like, is uh, fish there? They're like, who? Well, what kind of fish do you need to order? I'm like, no, I need uh, fish there. And they're like, yeah, we got salmon. We got some tilapia. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, guys, what uh, an insane week we've had since the last show. Of course, on uh, on Sunday morning, we came in here and, Double or Nothing was coming up that evening here in Las Vegas. And obviously, we've got to start there with some of the fallout from all of that. Um, guys, you know, your general thoughts about what happened at Double or Nothing, what you thought of the card. Uh, obviously, I was there, so I got to experience it. I'll save my thoughts for a second. But uh, what are your takes on that? Uh, Fish, I'll start with you. What stands out from you from AEW Double or Nothing? I, I thought... Overall, it was a very, very solid show. I don't think there was a single bad match on the card. 
but none of the matches to me stood out as, oh my God, this was absolutely amazing. So they, it was all very good, very solid, very strong. So, you know, it was like a solid B plus, A minus kind of thing. Uh, I, I was interested to see if MGF was going to show up, first of all. And that story has continued to grow. And to me, that and the, the CM Punk story, the two biggest things that came out of uh, Double or Nothing. Joe, what were your thoughts on that? Because obviously 13 matches on there was a, a long card yeah. and a lot going on. What did you think? First off, I'm not buying any of the MJF stuff. Okay. You know, oh, he bought a flight, but he ended up showing up. And and we've, we've come to learn, and it's like, you know, in this day and age, we question everything. So, of course, everything needs to be questioned. But it's like, it's hard for people to just sit back and enjoy because you don't believe anymore. My son actually uh, got hired through the Jim Jones. who used to work at uh, Ring of Honor, and he was shooting the Fan Fest as a photographer with our other guy, Mikey, who does uh, our graphic stuff. And MJF was one of the talents uh, that they they had FTR. They got to take photos of and MGF, MJF was another guy and you know it seemed like it was chaos but I you know I just can't believe that one of these things could lead into another and then he shows up and gets brutalized anyway which I didn't understand and then he cuts this promo on Wednesday and it's like okay I you know it's hard for me to believe that they're allowing that to be on television so yeah that and that that know, was that was going to be my question for you, Joe, about what I was talking about earlier, and that's if that there was this big trouble between MJF and Tony Khan, if it was real, if it was if it was an actual shoot, there's no way they gave him the microphone on Wednesday to speak, right? You know, of course not. And and again, you know, it's like the stories come out, and it's like, well, they offered him a raise. Uh, he's gotten a raise already, which again is nowhere near. And, you know, and I joke because I know guys like Brian Cage who, you know, are making a lot of money and unfortunately aren't being utilized. And I'm pretty sure that's kind of one of the guys like MGF's talking about that there are these guys who are making way more than me and you're not even using them. But the bottom line is if I'm offering you a new contract and you say, well, you know what, I'm going to wait. So my contract ends, and I want to see what Vince has to offer me. Well, then what is the threat of a holdout? It's like you can't leave for a year anyway. Or we can make it a storyline and at least build something for a year. And if he leaves, he leaves. But I would have to believe that they've come to some sort of an agreement that the best storyline is the one that's based off truth. And the truth is, yeah, I mean, he might be frustrated, and yeah, he might want more money. And B, we know he's all going to make that money, but maybe it's let's have a good time for the year that I'm here, and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, it is it it looks like for a while, you know, with the plane story. Obviously, he he actually made fun of that during when he came out at Double or Nothing, did a little uh, plane <laughs> flight thing in the ring. And and certainly it it added to the suspense of this, but but fish, I agree with you. He's there's no way if he is gonna sit out and he's disgruntled that they're gonna put him out there. So there's there's no doubt that this whole thing's work at this point. And they probably did come to some sort of agreement 
with this whole thing. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think the the tricky part for me is, you know, do you, if you're Tony Khan, do you pay him but not get an extension in return? Because I would think that, you know, you you still have the leverage there, and and he could just make MJF sit if he if he really wanted. I to. mean, so, I think I think the the whole thing is based in reality. I think that MJF yeah. really feels that he's underpaid, underutilized, and that he's getting screwed in this whole deal. But I don't think that he is not that he's going to actually not wrestle. I mean, and it was a nice touch of AEW taking him off of the, the uh, active roster page, and so you can't find him on the website. His merchandise, apparently, if you try to click on it, that's it, gives, gone. it gives you a 404 error. So it, you That's know, not a real 404 error, by the way. That, that 404 error screen, if you've gone to it, there's no way that that wasn't something that they stuck up there intentionally. Oh, I'm sure. And and it's, so, you know, they're playing it to the hilt, which is what they, I mean, that's the best thing AEW can do. But I, like I said, I really believe that it's based in truth, like Joe said. Yeah. And, you know, I. Th- and, you know, the, the thing about it is it's like, okay, if it is true, then now his professionalism would be questioned by WWE moving forward. Like, hey, this guy's got a signed contract, and he's playing games, and he's got a year left. Is this the type of guy that we want? And he's been a professional about the whole thing until recently when everything's kind of heated up, and it just happened to be right before Double or Nothing. You know, it just just screams that – it has to be that way. And as wrestling fans, we tend to believe everything is that way, and we wait for, you know, the hidden camera to show up and see, see, it, it wasn't real. It, it was set up all the time, and, and and we've done that with a lot of different things. And it's like, okay, well, was Mustafa Ali at work the whole time? Well, probably not, but now they've come to an agreement that, hey, you know what, you're getting paid. How about we kind of utilize you in some little thing? Yeah, and one thing about the promo to kind of which was actually put a, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, to to put a a bow on this. One what stood out to me in everything that he said was there was a line there that said, "How can I possibly be the best? Well, newsflash, I am the best. I'm the best in the world because I'm the only guy who makes you feel and unlike all those other boys, I don't have to do a bunch of BS to get you there." And that to me you know, from everything that I've read about MJF, he is such a student of the game. I mean, he went back and he's learned from tapes of Ric Flair, Nick Bockwinkle, and has gone back and just seen what has worked in the past, seen what the greats have done before him, and is, has just taken that knowledge and used it, whereas a lot of people don't. Or in maybe the case of WWE, they don't let people use it. He really understands what he's trying, what you're trying to do out there, maybe more than almost anybody in professional wrestling right now. And he's only 26 years old. And if you're going to run a storyline like this, who better to have on your under contract on your side than CM Punk, who ran basically that same storyline with the WWE in 2011? Yeah, and but uh, also it's like, all right, he's the he's the best. He's this. Well, in MLW, nobody cared. In the Indies, nobody cared. The only platform that's ever given him that opportunity to, to do it is AEW. So you're going to crap all over the guys who've given you the the opportunity that you should be thanking Tony Khan because of the fact that if it wasn't for Tony Khan, Vince McMahon wouldn't want to pay this guy millions of dollars. 
Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I think he does have to be a little bit careful on in these promos is to not denigrate the company too much, not denigrate the Tony. other the other wrestlers. I mean, he's already t- and, I mean, he's already taken Tony Khan down way down, telling him, saying he's a mark, he belongs on the other side of the rail, and I mean, he went a- or not go over the heads of the of the wrestling fans. That's always uh, you know too shooty. Like yesterday, we had a promo with one of our guys, Ice Williams, and uh, he's wrestling Hammerstone at the anniversary show for the title. And he comes out because it's things that I have said. And it's like, well, you know, we're going around as Ice Williams may not be ready for the heavyweight championship. Well, none of the fans have any idea what you mean. Like, me not being ready is a business decision that I feel he needs whether it's more experience, better wrestling, there's there's that inner working that when you try to like expose the truth and be Mr. Shoot, that the fans are kind of like, what is this guy even talking about? And, you know, on some of the the inner workings of what MJF says, you know, I think the AEW fans are a little more in on the on the lingo than say a WWE fan. But still, you don't want to ostracize the majority of your audience because they really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it is definitely a fine line there. But I don't know if there's a better promo in professional wrestling right now than MJF. And But in the wrestling world, and if you go on Twitter and you go on Facebook, obviously it's working because people, you know, I hear some people, oh, my God, that's the greatest promo I've ever seen in wrestling. And then you got some people that are like, oh, that was terrible, and it made no sense to the average fan, and blah, 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 blah. So, But, again, everybody's talking about it. So, you know, about nobody's say, talking about Thunder Rosa not showing up. I'm about, about to say, it also knocked Sasha Banks and Naomi completely out of the headlines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all forgotten. Yeah, I mean, between with everything that's happened to AEW over the past week, there's yeah, a WWE the other, the event. Other work, the other work is uh, forgotten about. Yeah, and and nobody's talking about Hell in a Cell on tonight. Nobody's talking about this. No, and I, I didn't realize that going into going into Friday night, there wasn't a single SmackDown uh, SmackDown match in the whole thing. No, there's not. I, I this is something that, and this is why I I pointed out that one line for MJF about. You know, the guy that makes you feel. Because I think that that's where a lot of times WWE is lacking is they, they're they cookie-cuttering everything so much that you're not getting that feeling of why should I care for the most part. You had Roman Reigns who pulled you in and Paul Heyman and, you know, really Riddle and RK and Randy Orton did a great job with RK-Bro. But after that, you know, where where is WWE pulling you right now? I mean, and this this pay per view coming up, and and it's nothing against anybody on the card, and I'm sure there's going to be some great matches tonight. But does anybody care? Oh, it's tonight. Yeah, I forgot it was even tonight. It's, it's like oh, so we got to see Cody Rhodes with the clean sweep over Seth Rollins. Like that's helped anybody or accomplishes anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- nobody cares about this. I mean, the best it, part about that match, like I said, was the promo that Seth Rollins cut on Monday. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a probably a terrific match. You've got two of the best yeah, in the and world, and his rewards another loss. So it's like, but there there's no build up. You know what I mean? There's no like 
man, what a conflict this is. It's like Cody Rhodes came in, WrestleMania match, boom, beat him. Figured that was going to happen. They had a rematch. Oh, beat him. Now they have a Hell in the Cell match. It's like, how does it get to that level when you're especially the heel and you've lost clean two times in a row over the last two months? Why do we need a third one? And especially in a Hell in a Cell match. Now, the Hell in a Cell match is supposed to be reserved for a massive rivalry uh, with hatred and passion. Mankind and, and The Undertaker. Yeah, it's, there, there, there's... Al Snow and the big boss man with the dogs around the ring. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest one of all time. This one just, it, it doesn't seem like it fits in a Hell in a Cell. It just does not. Now, if you'd have but done, I have to say though, I saw a picture of uh, Mad Cat Moss with the new gear. He almost looks like a pro wrestler now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but I, you know, the WWE right now is in a lot of trouble. From not only is, is AEW pulling a lot of stuff, but the, the, way, with the way they've been booked, and because and Mark and I were just talking about this before we went on the air, having Roman Reigns being your only champion and then not being on any shows right now is absolutely killing them. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're. Ratings are down a lot, and Fox is not happy. And and it's an uphill battle because the AEW fans are genuinely way more passionate about things than the WWE fans. So it's easy for those guys to suck you into something because you're wanting to be. Well, WWE fans, you want to come, you want to buy the, you know, I'm number one little things that you wave in the air and it's the same thing over and over and over again. So why, why would I invest my emotions? I might invest my time, but in wrestling for things to get to that next level, you have to invest your emotions into what's happening. And there's no stories there that make me feel that way. RK bro was the last thing we saw that it was like, yeah, we like these guys, man. Cool, they're going to unify the titles. We haven't seen this. It's something different. Oh, they're losing? Oh, okay. What's next? And AEW, regardless of what side somebody's on, you, you can't deny the fact that the passion seems to be those guys because they're getting the freedom. And that's what I always like to do as a promoter myself. You know, hey, this is what I'm kind of looking for, guys. You know, you kind of do your thing. And with AEW... It's been how many years since somebody's been able to be on a giant stage and being able to kind of craft what's getting them over or not instead of being handed a script and saying, man, you suck. You can't even get over. And it's like, yeah, but this stuff is crap. Yeah, yeah too bad. You know, this guy got over with it. You know, and, and I can speak to that passion of AEW because I did get to go to all three shows last week. And the the atmosphere at a WWE event is you know it's WWE and there there's electricity in the air obviously for you know some of the matches and everything but and in terms of of, but in terms of the passion the the fans are so into it from for everybody i mean even the 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 AEW dark matches that they had the fans were still having a blast and still cheering and having a great time and you know you have you had a match on rampage with Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander that to a point you would you'd be like, oh, that's kind of a, a throwaway match in the Owen Hart tournament. Everybody was going crazy in that match. Crazy. They were cheering Chris Statlander and probably had one of the biggest pops I heard 
all weekend long for her during that match. And, and you know, I remember sitting there to myself saying, man, this is what it's supposed to be like. You know, it, people care about a match like this, and then you take it and expand it to guys like MJF and so on, and... Uh, it's it's a way different atmosphere at AEW than it is at WWE. It's almost it's almost kind of like you you think of the WWE as the the rich aristocrat fan coming in as a and the common man is at the AEW show. You know what I mean? It's it just has that it just has that feel to it. You know, you're you're still excited. Well, you would, you would but, think you would think the WWE fans would be that way because they do you know cater to the kids. And you think the kids would be the ones with all the energy. But it's like GCW, AEW, that those fans are similar, man. They, they take that three-hour block of time, and there's nothing in the world that means more to them than, you know, the cool wrestling stuff that's going on. And if it ain't cool, they will let you know. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, that's why AEW is built the following it has. Yeah, it's way smaller than WWE, but... The, the numbers, you know, it's it's like the Trump people. You know, nobody thought Trump would ever win because of all the Trumpies, but that dude could do no wrong. And it's like no matter what AEW does do wrong, their fans don't care. They love it, and, you know, they're, they're willing to forgive some stupid stuff because they believe their overall product is way more geared toward a wrestling fan while WWE shoves down your throat that we don't care about wrestling. We're a TV show. We're entertainment, and we're going to entertain you. Damn it, whether you're entertained or not. Uh, Fish, what do you? I mean, I know you're you're a big WWE guy. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do, do you? Think well, I that- mean, we, and we've had this discussion many times before. The biggest difference is that AEW is targeted towards wrestling fans. WWE is targeted towards everybody. So they almost WWE almost has to dumb it down to a certain extent, so it's not going over people's heads. And it's a boon and a, and and a ben, and a bane to WWE. It's a boon because it gets so many people in there. You have a larger number of pools to draw from. But it's a bane because people who like wrestling and love the industry and wanted to see what's going on, to them this is absolute crap. And that's what the product has become because it's not storyline-driven like AEW is. Yeah, and, you know, I think back to the days of the Attitude Era, and even if you go back to the Hogan Era as well, you think about how many people watched wrestling back then, and I know the industry's changed significantly, but when you think the top Raw drew 9-plus million people, Hogan and Andre, when they were on Saturday Night's Main Event, for that rematch, yeah. had 33 million people watch that show. And SmackDown is now pulls, draws like 2 million for a show. And they, you know, you had WrestleMania where they overinflated the numbers. The actual ticket sales were around 55,000 every night, which is still great. No, but I, I mean, they've, but, had to, they've had to dump uh, money in the bank from Allegiant Stadium to MGM Grand Arena because of ticket sales. Right. I mean, yeah, that's all you, you need to know. Said, I said that from day one. All right, and, and Joe's absolutely right. I'll, I'll credit to, to him because he did say that. The other thing that people aren't talking about is, is this the end of Jeff Hardy, by the way? Yeah, there was a, there was definitely a problem there. Yeah, we can, we'll get into that, too, because the injury bug is biting AEW a little bit, and we're going to— It's the first time that they've had to deal with that kind—I mean, they had to deal with Kenny Omega, obviously, but it's, it's going around pretty big. It's the first time AEW's had some— uh, uh, pushback, I guess you could say, or, uh, for lack of a better term, on bad things happening to them to see how they work around it. Yeah, the bodies are breaking down, and we're going to talk about that, of course, uh, 
that concerns CM Punk as well. We were doing the predictions for Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah, we'll get to good, that. Good, 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 yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're going to take a little bit of a break here and uh, pay some bills for KDWN. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Hell in a Cell, get some predictions on that. What's going on with the AEW World Championship? And uh, the, Mr. Hardy and the gang getting a little bit beat up. So we'd like you to stick around. We appreciate it uh, for tuning into the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. The Talk of Las Vegas, Andrew Fish, Fame, Joe DeFalco, two of the best running mates you're ever going to have, and myself, Mark Hoke. Thanks for tuning in, and we will be right back. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM. K the talk of Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. Ha! Ah, that's me, suckers. What's up? Welcome back to the Mark Hoke Show. We do appreciate you joining us here on KDWN. 1015 FM, 720 AM. It's a station so nice, it's on your dial twice. We do appreciate you having us with. Fish is looking at me funny. Hey, come on, Fish. You're going to remember that, right? I already knew it. Well, but they don't. That's a good point. You know, maybe they're on the 720 side and they like to listen to us on FM. Or maybe they, you know, are on the FM side and enjoy AM better. They want to listen to... Yeah, they can put it on both. You can have two radios and listen to us at the same time oh, and have double Lord. stereo. It's like simulcast. Yeah, it'd be fun. Of course, Andrew Fishfane in there and Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling joining us as well as we bring you the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. Um, I did want to ask real quick one more thing on Double or Nothing, and then we're going to get away from that. The Jericho Appreciation Society match against the, the fivesome of Santana Ortiz Danielson Moxley and Eddie Kingston. This match has been getting a lot of rating, good ratings from the fans and bad ratings from some of the critics because of how chaotic it was and everything and how crazy that got. What did you guys think of that? What was your impressions about that one? Because I, I thought there were some pretty iconic moments in that match. There were, but I, I think that the critics are right to a certain extent. You can't have too much going on at once because it steals focus from each other. Joe, what did you think of that one? Uh, I think it was AEW's attempt to provide some sports entertainment compared to wrestling. And it seems like the, you know, the doubters will continue to doubt. But the bottom line was the fans loved it. And, you know, last time they did it, the one on the, the football field or whatever it was, that got pretty trashed because it wasn't very good. And they upped it to where this one was universally praised by the fans and the critics, of course, were, were different about it. And, you know, when it comes to Chris Jericho these days, you know, the, 
that's what he's about. You know, he's about doing something entertaining. We're not really looking at Chris Jericho for like, oh man, that was that wasn't a Matt Classic. You know, he's beyond that now. He is a character. It's just like, you know, are we gonna pinpoint the things in a Steve Austin, Kevin Owens match if it was considered a match or was it considered a fun segment in the show? Well, you know, the, the, it did lead to the Jericho Santana hair versus hair match. Yeah, and blood and guts come from that too. But I can tell you that having that being in the building, and I was sitting up high, so I actually had a really good vantage point for most of it. Everybody was going crazy in that match, and people can say what they want about it, but I will say this: people enjoyed it, and I a lot of people are not going to forget Eddie Kingston when he popped up with a gas can in his hand and a bloody Yankee shirt. Walking down to the ring, I think that was a, a moment that people are going to remember for a while. Oh, absolutely, and it, I mean the match was iconic. There's no question. Like I said, it just it's it's very hard for especially like I said, the critics are right in the spot that you 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 have too much going on and you draw everything draws focus, so you lose focus. Yeah, and I and and I will say that there were, yeah, I mean like obviously we had monitors in there, so I couldn't so I could see what was happening on the concession stand when that was going on. Uh, and fortunately, I was up high, so I could see everything that was happening within the arena. So that kind of worked well for me where I was sitting. But I could see that a fan that was sitting down low, you know, they're up close for some of it, but they can't see what else is going on elsewhere. So when, yeah. when is a chaotic match too chaotic? And yeah, and that's a good question. I because it, it, it was it was all over the place. There was. There was a lot happening in that one. That's like when, sure. it, when it's contained chaos, it's a lot easier. If it's like yeah. in, if, if there's ten guys in a hell in a cell ring, it's contained by the cell, so it, it's easier to to not lose focus. When they're all over the arena, it's impossible. Yeah, and and Jim Ross even said something during commentary. I heard that you know this is hard to follow, and I'm sure that'll be taken into consideration. Um, and of course, the other news was CM Punk getting hurt. Uh, Turns out on Wednesday he hurt his foot. He's going to be having surgery. We're going to have an interim champion. The process of getting to this interim world champion, since they're not stripping Punk of the title, um, interesting. We're going to have a battle roll on Wednesday to open Dynamite. The winner faces Moxley, and they will advance to Forbidden Door, the pay-per-view, to face the winner of another elimination match, between Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was supposed to be wrestling Punk at this pay-per-view, and uh, Hiroki Goto, which should be a fun match to watch. But then the the winners of those matches will face off at Forbidden Door, and we'll have an interim champion who at some point, will, I would imagine, will face CM Punk when he returns. Guys, is this too much? Let me tell you something. A few years back, we, you know, you see it in UFC all the time. You never see it in pro wrestling. And we had a conflict with uh, Kevin Cross, and Matt Hardy was coming in. So I had pitched to Matt the idea of being the interim champion. We had him turn heel on the show before. He laid out Cross, blah, blah, blah. And in that situation, we had a, a one match, and we put, you know, the hometown hero Kenny King against Matt Hardy, who's now a heel, as, as the interim champion. And then whoever wins you know, we'll face Cross at the next event. Well, because of the scheduling conflict, we knew it wasn't going to be three months or six months or eight months. We knew kind of when the next big show was going to be, Cross would be there. So being that it's never really been used by a major company, I really like the idea. Now, the way you just described it, I don't really like the idea. 
it's like you know if you could if you could put two of your best guys in there with the idea of you know the winner facing CM Punk when he's ready, I think that's a money match. But having a battle royal and this and that, I don't know about that. Who do you make the, but cha- the concept? Is something I do think it works now. With Roman Reigns, he's just not around. You know, supposedly the heavyweight title is the most important thing. Well, not, not in WWE. Those they're props, apparently. But who do you guys pick as your champ at this point? I think John Moxley is is, is going to be the champ. You think it's Mox? I think it's Mox. Joe, who would you go with if it were you? You know, you'd have to look down the list. To me, if you know, if we're working the work, MJF would win it. I, I have another suggestion. That would be very interesting, actually. It, it would be very interesting, but I have another name that I want to throw out. Eddie Kingston. No. They've already been promoting that Punk hates Kingston, and that would that would get a lot of eyes on that pay-per-view I, I, if I, Eddie I, Kingston would be the interim champion. I don't know now, if he's ready to be a champ, though. That's my only issue with him. Uh, wouldn't the anti-hero CM Punk and... Uh, take on the guy that's most despised, who they've already had a feud with, MJF. Wouldn't that draw the most eyes? The guy who's got the most heat on him right now. Now he comes in and ends up winning the belt. Well, to me, you know, that would be, wow, CM Punk versus MJF. And this time, both are champions. If you want to do a ladder match, whatever you want to do, you know, was it... Is anybody going to care if Adam Page is the interim champion? Or will they care if MJF, who can carry this, and basically bury CM Punk along the way and talk about the things that he's doing as champion that CM Punk would have never been able to do? Yeah, I, I and I agree with you. That's That would probably be... I, mean, I would either go with either MJF or Eddie Kingston. But I, I just think... I, I think Kingston, Kingston would be... I just think that they continually position him as a guy who's like this huge underdog, but it's like, isn't this huge underdog eventually supposed to get something instead of continuous losses? Yeah, and that's why I think this might be a, putting him as an interim champion may give him an give you an opportunity. Plus, like Fish, you said, you know, you're not sure if he's ready. This might be a, it could be a chance to show if he is or not. So. Dude's forty. He better be ready soon. Yeah, you would hope. All right, so let's let's wrap up. We'll wrap up our, our AEW talk there, and let's get to this pay per view coming up tonight, guys. Because of course, you know it is still a WWE. I'm sorry, premium live event. Excuse me, Fish. You're gonna have to slap me on the wrist for that one. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, WWE just continues to find new ways to disappoint me. I'm sorry. Why do you so, you sound bitter? Why? I am because you're right. Nobody gives a damn about this paper, uh, this premium live event, and they should. You know, WWE should make it so we give a damn, and they haven't done it. They've completely ruined everything by by making Roman by putting all their eggs in the Roman Reigns basket, and having him not wrestle. There isn't a single SmackDown match on the card, or they may have. I think they added Madcap Moss and and, uh, and Baron Corbin, but for the most part, it's 
Oh, thank God! I've been I've been looking to see that one. Exactly, and uh, and yes, Cody Rhodes and and Seth Rollins are going to put on another great match, but neither it, a win for either one doesn't do anything, and a loss for either one doesn't. It, it just it it makes no sense. I agree. Boy, do you guys just want to bag this and talk about something else? No, I, <laughs> it, 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 it needs to be discussed. Yeah, but it's where, just what, what happened to Thunder Rosa? Is she is she upset or did she have COVID? That I don't know. I've I've been hearing she hasn't been real happy with things either about getting TV time and stuff like that. But uh, and by the way, yeah, if you... there's not there's there's nothing worse. It was kind of like yesterday. I had this uh, young tag team. They got a title shot, and they were complaining about respect. And it was like, well, one of them. The other one's you know got his head on. And they're two young kids. They're they're good. They're growing. And it's like no matter what they get, they don't seem to be happy with what they're getting. Like there's always something that they should be getting more and not taking advantage of the situations that they're in. And, you know, that's the same thing there. Yeah. That Thunder Rosa situation is pretty interesting. You got the title. You had the long reign. Everybody complained. She didn't get it at the pay-per-view, I believe. And, you know, because, I understood it because I think they did another big moment where somebody else won a title. And I positioned it that way before, that I want the spotlight to be on the guy who just won our Nevada State title. If he wins the Nevada State title and then two matches later, the heavyweight title gets changed, you didn't get your moment in the sun. We can do that another time. The idea is try to position these things so they have the most meaning. And, you know... No matter what it is in wrestling, you can look at it two ways, and then there's always the negative ones, and then there's the positive ones, you know. And unfortunately, you know, oh, I haven't gotten the storyline, or they're pushing somebody different, and it's like, well, how is it different in WWE that no matter who has the title, Charlotte Flair is generally going to be the one because she's their number one women's talent. So just because Thunder Rosa has the belt doesn't mean necessarily that they have to focus on her. It's like, you know, that's a prop. You know, they decided that they needed to take the belt off Britt Baker because she held it for so long. That doesn't mean they're going to lose focus on her. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And, you know, of course, she won the you know won the Owen Hart tournament. So, you know, then a lot of people are like, well, maybe Ruby Soho should have won it. But I, I definitely agree with that decision, too. You know. So yeah, Brock Lesnar we'll... comes back. He's going to be the focus, not some, you know, not Drew McIntyre. You know, Drew's got to take a second fiddle to Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar's perceived, especially by Vince McMahon, as his number one star. So it's like you're the women's champion. You're in a good position. You know, enjoy your run. I can see if it's been nine months since she's been the champion and yeah, she hasn't gotten anything. It's been a month or two. Relax. Yeah, and, and I think she'll be all right. So just just give that whole situation time. But I, I know let's uh, well let's talk about this WWE pay per view tonight, and let's uh, take a look at what's going on real quick, uh, guys. And and the funny part is, you went I went on uh, BetOnline.ag where they have all the betting odds, and there is only one of these matches that well well one of these matches that there's even close to even odds for anybody. These are these are blowout matches for the most part. Uh, running it down real quick: Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin in a no holds barred match. Um, Fish is shaking his head. How did we get to this? So I don't, quickly. I don't know. I don't know. But 
is Madcap going over? He is the uh, five minus five fifty on. Yeah, this he's one. absolutely going over. He's the guy they got a rocket ship tied to his back right now, so he's going over. I assume Joe, you would agree with that. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. that's why he beat him last month yeah. to beat him again this month because we we <laughs> we weren't sure the first time, so we got to be positive now. Are, are you sensing all of our sarcasm out there in Radio Land on the Mark Hoke Show? Here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. Uh, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Liv Morgan taking on Judgment Day, Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, this one, I know Judgment Day is a big favorite in this one as well. Uh, looking for it real quick. They are a minus 400. I think Judgment Day not only wins, I think they get a new member tonight. Oh, yeah? Who? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy I thought was going to be in it before. That's Tommaso Ciampa, but we'll see. Joe, your thoughts on that? Is anything crazy going to happen uh, in this one? I, I think they're going to add a new num- new new member, and he's only going to have one name. And that would be? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I think it'll be Chiampa also. But actually, I am intrigued in this match. I don't know, you know. It's it's easy. They'll make one of the women take the fall. So if Judgment Day is going over, you know they're not, they're probably not going to pin Finn Balor, and they're probably not going to pin AJ. So you know it'll be a woman pinning a woman, woman on woman violence in WWE. <laughs> so Lib Morgan is going to bite the dust tonight. Uh, the U.S. title is on the line as Theory, the champion, faces Mustafa Ali. This has been a ridiculous buildup on this one too. Uh, Fish, your thought, your thoughts on this they one? They make Theory look like a coward, and I hate it when they do this. They make the champion look like a coward a lot of the time, and was exactly what they've done with this one. And I think Theory beats him, but I would like to, see, I'd love to see Ali win it. But I think Theory, there's no chance Theory loses the belt. Joey's a minus five fifty. Ali is a plus uh, three fifty. No, know, I, I think Theory is a guy that they really should push hard. But again, when you have a secondary belt, you have to look like a mush the whole time. So, you know, it's the most backward philosophy I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, I highly doubt Vince brought back Ali to give him the U.S. title already. Yeah, I just, you know, I just can't stand that, too, because I remember the days of the NWA when the U.S. title meant something. You know, you had Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard, one of the greatest feuds of all time. But well, that, that, well, the but that continental title meant so. I was just going to yeah. say that exactly, exact same thing. Yeah, the, the, the t- those secondary titles don't mean anything right now. Yeah, and- Macho Man wasn't losing on TV in non-title matches and then wrestling for the title later uh, against the guy who beat him in a non-title match. It was like it's it's just r- ridiculous and lazy philosophy. Yeah, and of course, you know, Ricochet is going to be wrestling Gunther here for the Intercontinental title. Not on this pay-per-view, but I believe uh, next week on Raw. So the Intercontinental, isn't it? Or SmackDown, excuse me. So that one's going to, that title's probably going to change hands too. But yeah, it is a shame that the, you know, these are supposed to be your number two and 2A and 2B guys, and they just don't get treated like it. That's for sure. You know, many people thought Steamboat and Savage was the main event at WrestleMania. As big as Hulk and, Hulk and Andre was, that was, that was, man, what a match that was. Or Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, you know, and all these classic intercontinental matches. And it's just like, it's pathetic. It's like matches that nobody cares about. That if they were on 205, nobody, or main event, nobody would even tune in to watch. Yeah. But yeah. now they're on pay per views. Yeah, it is sad. Uh, we've got Ezekiel taking on Kevin Owens. 
Boy, here's another one I just can't wait for. But this is the one that's the closest betting matchup. Uh, Ezekiel is a minus 170. Kevin Owens a plus 130. Uh, CBS's guys are predicting Owens wins this fish. I, 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 I think Ezekiel wins, but I want to know where they're going with the story. Well, I mean, what, I, what, that, regardless of who wins, what, I, there's nothing I else they can do. Unless they have Elias walk because... down to the ring. Yeah. Or, they, or they have Damian Sandow looking like Elias walking down to the ring. That would be funny. That, that would actually no, make well, me pay attention. Well, why would that be funny? I think what's funny is when Ezekiel comes out, the real Elias actually shows up and helps his brother win. <laughs> That would be Why great. do you guys always insist that they're not real? How do we know? <laughs> Did you know the Hebners were real or not? That was the best angle ever. Oh, that's How good. great would the angle be if Elias actually showed up? If Elias actually showed up, I think the place would explode. It would absolutely that's explode. That's what I'm saying. They have the, the chance, the possibility. So, at worst, go find the guy who kind of looks like him and give him plastic surgery and make him look just like Elias for your craft. Hey, sir, you have a chance to be in a WWE superstar, but you got to change your face and be looking just like Elias. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a, a million independent wrestlers that would do that. Fair enough. That would be great. That would be interesting. Take one for the team. You want to be a superstar, <laughs> this is your shot. You walk with Elias. Talk like he's That's right. Uh, Bobby Lashley is in a two-on-one handicap match with almost an MVP as uh, – Betting odds on this one, we've got, sorry, sliding around here real fast. Lashley, actually, this one was a close one, too. I apologize. Bobby Lashley is a minus 160, almost an MVP, plus 120. I would take the dogs in this one. Do you think so? Yeah, just because it's two on one. Joe, what do you think about this one? Other than No, I think it's two on one. That way, MVP could be the guy who takes the pin, and then hopefully we can have another pay per view match and maybe save it for SummerSlam. Or Money and in the have Bank. Almost, and lastly, one more time. Oh, that would be so exciting. Oh, not. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not yawning. Why, why, why put in MVP? He, he's the manager. He has to take the pin. Yeah. Uh, there are two matches that I think will be entertaining tonight. This is one of them Bianca Belair defending the. Raw Women's Championship against Asuka and Becky Lynch, of course, this is where all the drama with Sasha and uh, Naomi popped up. Emanated from, yeah. And we have Bianca Belair as a minus 550 favorite. Asuka's a plus 500. Becky's a plus 550. So I think Sasha and Naomi come in and uh, help uh, help uh, Asuka win the title. You should be writing for WWE. There you go, Fish. That would be good. Joe, any any thoughts on this one? Well, they need to pull the trigger on the work before AEW does because then they'll say WWE was copying. Yep. So they they, they better bring them out quick. Yeah, they are still because if they if they don't, who cares about the match? Yeah, they are still suspended. Uh, WWE has actually made no plans for the women's tag team titles. They are apparently, at least at the moment. In limbo, and I was worried that they were going to get rid of those women's tag team titles after this happened. So there is a possibility we're going to see that. And then, of course, the you – know, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, remember, Matt Hardy was, was suspended and not on the roster when he attacked Edge. So Yeah. So – We have presidents. We have presidents for this. Yes, we do. Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins. I have to enunciate that on the radio. In the Hell in the Cell match, the main event of this pay-per-view – 
I think it's going to be a great match. I mean, no matter you know where it seems like Cody's going to go over and he's the favorite on this. Uh, but Fish, uh, any? Are, I mean, I know we've talked about this that it's the third of a trilogy that doesn't seem like it's a. No, a trilogy only works when the first two matches are one wins one, one wins the other. So this becomes right. a rubber this match. Is, that's the breaking point. That's the, uh, you know, it's 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 the match breaker. This so one, now what happens if Seth Rollins wins? Now he's one and two. So now he has to get another match. Well, and plus you're killing, you're hurting Cody's push. Right. So, so you, you can't. There, there, there's no, not a single benefit comes out of this match. If Cody wins, it's like, all right, he's beaten him now three times. If Cody loses, it kills his push. There's no benefit to this match whatsoever. I'm going to say there's one possibility because there was a rumor that came up that Bray Wyatt may be coming back. There was also a rumor Cesaro was coming back, but if the rumor is true that Bray Wyatt may be popping up tonight, that would interrupt this match and maybe make it a no contest. Yeah, if but, something like that happened, now that would get people's but attention. what reason and, would Bray Wyatt have to interrupt that match in particular? Right, with Cody Rhodes. Now, if Bo Dallas showed up, that'd be a different story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but, but if, if, like, you know, if, if it was a Randy Orton match and Bray Wyatt showed up, it makes sense. If Alexa Bliss is fighting and he shows up, it makes sense. He has nothing to well, do with Rollins or... Well, he did, but she, but they you had the, that Hell in a Cell so, match a few years ago. The one where, where with, Rollins with totally Ly- destroyed, which right. completely ruined everything. Yes. That was the worst Hell in a Cell match of all time. Right. But but there is, you know, there the is a little history. I heard, the rumor I heard was Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to come in and lay out Cody Rhodes, but he's still in jail and can't get out in time. So... <laughs> <laughs> A little legacy action. Oh, my God. Well, so I guess we'll see if... I mean, I, I mean if Bray Wyatt comes back, that would be absolutely awesome. Because I, I think WWE needs that shot in the arm. That they do. Well, hopefully again, we... At, I'm sorry. With his popularity, I don't think Cody Rhodes and him would be the, the mesh right there. Yeah, I don't think it would be a good combination either. But, hey... It's a possibility. You never know what happens in the WWE. Hey, thanks yeah, for joining us, everybody. We do appreciate it. Andrew Fish Fane, Joe DeFalco. Make sure you check out FSW Vegas for Joe's Training Academy and all his do great it. shows. And, Joe, I may have a student for you, by the way. Do it. Um, but, yeah, how about that? good. We had Jerry Lynn showed up and watched our show the week before. I'll be a referee anytime you need. There we go. So follow us on Twitter, at Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. MarkHokeShow.com is the website. Podcasts available at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. Show us up on YouTube too. Thanks for joining us here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7:20 AM. Have a great Sunday morning, Las Vegas. We'll see you next week. I don't mind taking a bump.